All right, Sean, let me paint you a little picture, mate. So this time yesterday, two things started happening and it looked like the second quarter of the Australian men's semi-final in basketball against the Dream Team was going pretty well. We're up by 15 points. Chris Goulding hit a couple of threes in the second quarter and everything seemed pretty rosy, mate. And then as we kept, as we got closer to halftime, it got a little bit close for comfort. And then we got absolutely blown out of the water in the third quarter. So, uh, welcome, Sean. Yeah, yeah, g'day, Rob. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, you painted it pretty clearly and pretty accurately there, I think. Um, yeah, came out firing um, the, the boomers. Um, and I think there's probably an element of... Jesus, is this really, really going to happen? Is this now the time that we finally, yes. you know, take that step? And um, yeah, too good to be true, unfortunately. Well, I mean, that's what it was. So when, well, firstly, welcome back to the to the Decades podcast and this special edition episode of venting our sadness and depression over the Boomers' loss to the Dream Team in yesterday's semi-final. But we should say, look, they got done by about 19 points all up. And I don't think that was a reflection on where the game stood. And and as you said there, we came out in the first half. The first, I reckon the first quarter and a half was scintillating basketball from Australia. And I don't think you could have asked for much more. I think Joe Ingles came out, hit a couple of threes early, set a nice tone. And you know, there was a bit going on with everybody. And, and mate, I will admit that I dared to dream. In when we got up by 15 points, I thought, hang on, I reckon we are a fair income shot here, mate. Because we were rolling on offense, we were, you yeah. know, everybody was doing their part. The ball was, you know, pinging around, hitting outside shots, you know, a little bit for Landau inside, a little bit for Kay. Like there was a bit going on, and then, and then it just happened. After yeah, that, well, even in the first quarter, I think like that sort of first four or five minutes, there wasn't that much yeah. scoring happening, but you no. could tell that Australia were on top and like defensively, um, the energy was there and they looked really good. They sort of just hadn't got um, clicking offensively quite yet. But then as you sort of moved into that back end of the, the first quarter and the, the start of the second quarter, as you said, got that big 15-point lead up. Um and then, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, things went pretty south from there. Did you see that um, Scott Pendlebury tweet where he sort of, <laughs> he, he went he went the early crow and he, he it was something oh. I can't I can't remember the exact words, but it was something to the effect of um, oh, like the USA are going to have to start getting their excuses ready. Like, what are they going to be oh. for when, for when they lose? And, oh, uh, yes. and yeah, unfortunately. Um, that the excuses weren't needed because they uh, stomped us in the end, mate. And uh, and that's yeah, and that's it. And I think so. When I was trying to, you know, last night in my uh, my dark hours there, watching uh, a pretty a pretty bleak day for Australian team sports at the Olympics, we I had a look at some of the stats and every quarter. So the first quarter we scored twenty four points to USA's eighteen. They scored 24 to our 21. And it was the third quarter, mate. We got blown out 32 to 10. Yeah. That was the quarter where, like, obviously that was the quarter where we lost it. But we got absolutely smacked. And I think the person the person leading that, mate, was KD. Yeah. I think. And Booker. 
Um, KD probably um, kept them in it a little bit in that yes, second. In, uh, sorry, in, in that second quarter, um, where he probably led that little bit of the fight back before half time. But even yeah. um, he was their only option offensively at, at the start of the game. What did they start like over nine or over ten from? Yes, yeah, three from the three point three point range. Um, yeah, and then um, I think we spoke about it. Uh, off off air or off off Zoom, um, whether a double team might have might have come in handy. I don't know if that was something that they they thought of, but so yeah, this I'm was just... so, so this was going to be one of my discussion points for you today. Was Sean, you're the coach, you're, <laughs> you're a hindsight coach. What would you do from when Australia was up 15 through the rest of the game? What would you have done? Because obviously, when they to get up 15 points, they were doing something right. And they were moving the ball. They were moving their feet defensively as well. I thought they were, pretty, I thought they were very good defensively and active early on. What yeah. would you have done from that point on when we're up 15, you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's... I think that... I mean, you just have to keep, keep going with, with what was yeah. working. But then I yeah. think in that... The... The back half, I can't remember how long it was, maybe the last three, four, five minutes of the second quarter, they cut the lead back yeah. um, or the three points at halftime. Yes, yep. Um, I think going into that halftime, I think it was pretty much all in the back of Durant and you had to maybe wonder if a um, change in tactics or even if you just put someone put someone on him one-on-one, I don't know who that would have been. Yeah. Um, Potentially five. He'd be giving up a little bit of height, but um, he'd be, probably be the one to do a bit of a lockdown job. Um, yeah, and then that, I think the, the start of the third quarter is where, um, and look, we're not basketball experts, but you could probably call into question a little bit some of the tactics because um, that's probably where the game was lost that first four or five minutes um, of the third quarter and Australia was pretty, looked pretty flat after that. Yeah, it was. I almost think like at the end of the half, I I just felt that we felt like we probably didn't get our just just rewards for the the dominance we had in the first half. And a lot of it's self-inflicted too, mate, because I reckon we had about three or four turnovers late in the second half where bad passes were costly and then, America just make you pay, which is which is to be expected. But it it was just a uh, a whirlwind game that I probably wouldn't want to relive anytime soon. And and for I obviously besides Durant, I think if you obviously if you stop the game when we're up by fifteen and reset, and you probably throw another person at Durant, just double team him and let somebody else beat you. But yeah, like. Just at moment, absolutely rolling, and just it's just it's just yeah, it's so it's actually heartbreaking to think about because now what would be in the back of a lot of people's minds is Australia are again in another bronze medal game, and I reckon this is the this will be the sixth time I reckon in 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 international competition that we'd be in a bronze medal game, and we're due for a win, but it doesn't get it much easier because we have to play um Luka Doncic, so. Hey, it's. I tell you what, if the Boomers can't win a, a medal from this Olympics, it'll be heartbreaking for everyone, I reckon. Yeah, because there was a lot of hype going in. 
Um, mm. What was that? What was the FIBA rankings had him as number one. Yeah, and the power rankings, yeah. Yeah, yep. as number one going into the Olympics. So um, I think one thing we haven't touched on yet is, and I reckon we spoke about it just in our group chat, um, the loss of Aaron Baines. Yes, um, yeah. And I can't yeah. remember what game it was, but... Um, Must have been Italy, not, was it? Could not get a defensive rebound to save himself. Yeah. Oh, was, was that Germany? Was it was yeah. Germany? Yeah. It was, one of, yeah. it was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I think mm. that that's potentially where they could have hurt the USA because they don't have they didn't have a big big name center. They had development yeah. McGee, who yeah. I reckon they would have played. He would have played more if Baines played, but I reckon Baines would have him covered. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because. I think that's where you could have heard him because Baines would have provided that bit of height inside and USA go pretty small. Um, pretty small anyway. They would have Draymond Green playing centre, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I agree with that. Because what, And what would have been handy at the start of third quarter was uh, a pick-and-roll game with Mills and Baines where you could sort of hopefully get an easy two. Like try and go or if it, if it set up a low post play where you can get Baines inside and and try and get a couple of easy points or go the free throw line just to stem the bleeding, I reckon would have been handy. Yeah. And and as you said, like America are obviously undersized on, on the front line there, but it, it probably did affect us more than probably what we were, probably what we thought. But what is interesting is Bain's almost 35 as well. So that's something that the, uh, the boomers got to think about going to Paris is who's going to be that next, like that, the, the big guy inside that's, that's got the size as well. And, yeah, and that's obviously it would have helped Landau out too because I think Landau is probably better when he's a stretch four. Yeah, and where he can step down. away and shoot, and yeah, and, and go from there. So it's tough, and it'd be interesting to see who fills the void going forward. But I yeah, don't do know. It, um, yeah. do the Boomers have, or does Australia have anyone coming through? Not that I, not that I can recall from that's like in terms of like draft or coming up or yeah. anyone like that. There's there's a few, obviously, if you tried tried uh, tested and tried people but it's yeah, there's, there's no one quite like the Baines Bogut mold where they're big guys and they're solid and they can play a bit of defense and, and, and finish at the rim so so I think that's what you yeah. need in international basketball compared yeah, to like yeah. you can get away yeah. with that in the NBA I reckon yeah. but internationally that's you. a lot of the, the teams like you see like France they've got a few big bodies in there so it becomes tough when you yeah. don't have that yeah, you need you need that enforcer, don't you? You need that real real rim protector enforcer that sets good picks. Can you know even maybe hit a jump shot now and then? Like, mate, bring back David Anderson. That's what I say. <laughs> bring back David Anderson and just 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 bear. You you ran into him on a on a very late night out once, didn't you, Rob? Yeah, I did. Yeah, absolutely. Even asked, very good, asked for very a photo, good. I reckon. Yeah, I did. I did have a photo with him. He's very gracious with his time too. So shout out to Dave Anderson uh, and one of my one of my one of my boys. He's from Frankston, so yeah, we've got a bit of a, a kindred spirit there from the peninsula. So oh, good. <laughs> but mate, the one thing, also the one thing I wanted to talk about was how savvy Coach Popovich is. So they got up by I reckon eighteen a couple of times, and Australia <laughs> would hit a three, and then pops like timeout straight away. Yeah. He would just cut any and all momentum. He would just absolutely take the chair out from underneath us, didn't want to run on and would just blast them as they go back to the bench. Yeah, you could hear him on the um over the over the speakers on the TV. You could on the broadcast you could hear him laying into them like 
right as soon as the ref blew his whistle. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I like that though, because that's like that's a team full of pretty good players, and Pop just doesn't care and just not. Nah, this is how he wants it done, and that drives the standard, mate. That's outstanding. I thought not good for us though. No, no, it didn't didn't go in our favour, unfortunately. But that well, who who would you say then? So we'll probably wrap this up soon because I think we've we've vented enough of our frustrations and we're probably preaching to the Australian choir a bit out there. But who would you say if you had to give a three, two, one for your players, Australian players of the game? Who would you give it to? Who's your who's your best on to, to um, first number one vote? It's hard to go past Paddy Mills for best on. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He was very good. Yeah, he's been probably the the Australia's best player through the throughout the whole Olympics. Um, I don't know. I thought I thought Fiebel played all right. Yeah. Um, Few turnovers for Matisse. Yeah. Mm. Other than that, I don't know because like Joe Ingles, he had a pretty poor game. Um, Golding did all right early, but then when Australia were up against it, he sort of didn't really show much. Um, yeah, like Landau was okay. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. What do, what do you think? Well, I reckon, yeah, I reckon Mills, uh, the three votes, I think he he had about 15 points and eight assists, I reckon, was probably his final stats around there. I reckon Exum was pretty good as well. I think that he had a couple – he had one turnover when he was driving to the basket, but I reckon he, he was pretty good from the field and got to the free throw line a bit, so I thought he was very good. And then I'd say maybe – I don't know. It's tough after that. I'd say maybe Nick Kay. I think he was pretty good. A couple of offensive rebounds there and, and always solid with his shot. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, Landau was also uh, pretty potent scoring as well. So, that's probably the sort of the main group there. It was good, though. Like, like there was some some contributions there, for, obviously, from Matisse and, 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 and Chris Goulding and but unfortunately, mate, we just couldn't get the job done. But what the other thing I wanted to raise, so we'll probably wrap this up, but whenever I'm a big tennis fan, mate, back in the day, and especially when Federer was, remember when Federer was unbeatable like that? So, you know, 2006, basically 2000, whatever, 12. And he just couldn't be beaten. No one could beat him, except obviously on the clay. But there was an aura about Federer that you just knew you were going to get done. And I reckon the American basketball team, has had that previously. I don't think they have it so much anymore, but they definitely ha- have had it. How much do you reckon that plays into people's minds when you play them? So when we're up by 15, like, do you think it would be possible for people to have thoughts about, geez, we're going you know, pretty well here or you might tighten up or anything like that? Do you reckon that would ever cross into someone's mind? Um, I'm sure it probably crosses into their mind, but... They've the Boomers have beaten USA twice now, albeit not in the yeah, Olympics. Yeah. So it's a different it's a different ball game. It's a yeah, whole different yeah. kettle of fish. But um, like they've knocked them off twice against yeah. teams of similar caliber. I don't think you've seen the USA at full strength since probably I don't I don't even I know if twenty sixteen Olympics are at full strength. Maybe twenty twelve. Nah, I reckon twenty probably London. I reckon was the next there. They're probably their last one because yeah. there was one remember that that had like Wade, Mallow, LeBron, yeah, Cody, Beijing, I reckon. Beijing, yeah, Beijing, yeah, 
Yeah, <laughs> Beijing was scary. Um, so yeah, I'm, and I think this this Australian team is usually pretty confident and pretty secure in their in themselves and their own abilities. So um, I think at the end of the day, they just got got beaten by some pretty good players. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and. Yeah, it, there's a lot of positives to take out from there, but hopefully they can wrap up the bronze and make it a, a successful games, and, and hopefully don't languish in fourth place again, mate. I can't. I won't be able to watch it. I won't be able to, <laughs> if we get done. We get done in uh, in the bronze medal game, mate. I just, I think I'll just, uh, I'll just go off the grid for a bit. I reckon. Which is yeah, but well, it's, yeah, it's also yeah. As you said, Rob, it's not going to be easy. Um, yeah. Slovenia have actually been playing quite well despite. Despite the perception that they're a one-man show, I think that they took it right to France the other night. So, yeah, absolutely. Just to give easy. you, just to, so this is the caliber, mate, of the 2008 Summer Olympics Americans Dream Team. Yeah. So I'll read out. I'll read them out in alphabetical order. Carl, Carmelo Anthony, Carlos yeah. Boozer, Chris Bosh, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, LeBron James, Jason Kidd, Darren Williams, Chris Paul. Tayshawn Prince, Michael Red, Dwayne Wade. That's yeah, a pretty <laughs> so, good team. It's a pretty good team, mate. Like it's not a bad, it's not a bad little uh, roster that they had. So obviously it's a, it's not that same sort of standard they have at the moment, but you can only play who they put in front of you. All right. So the final point for today, mate. Who from this current current boomers team would be the next Olympics, do you reckon? Um, who will be? Yeah, who will be? Who do you reckon is the lock for the next Olympics? Uh, if I had to choose one lock, it would be Landale. Yep. Um, but I mean, you got like Patty Mills and Joe Ingalls. They're getting to the back end of their career, but three years time, I think they'd still both be around. Um, yep. So I think they'd probably be there. Um. Yeah, don't know. I think Delvadova will be gone. Exum is a bit of an X factor. He's a bit up in the air sometimes. Yeah. Well, he's only twenty six still, so I dare say he would still be there. Yeah, he does so, get he does get injured a lot though. Is is more mm. more of my point, I think. Yeah. Um. So Thibel, yeah, Josh Thibel. Green. Mm. Yeah, I don't know who else. NBA, you've got like your, you've got your NBA, your NBL guys, but um. Whether that there's always always going to be a couple of them to round out the squad, but whether it'll be the guys that are there now or not. Josh Giddy, he he probably oh, be yeah. there, I would imagine. Yep. Giddy, I'm not sure. So. I think I think Simmons is probably. I, don't, I think he's done rusted. I don't think he's give up on that. Yeah. Though, mate. <laughs> so yeah. But, oh well, we'll see how we go. Uh, fingers crossed for the game tomorrow, Sean. But, but thanks for your insights today. We appreciate it. And yeah. uh, no worries, Rob. Hopefully, hopefully uh, yeah. Hopefully it's yeah. a it's a more pleasant experience tomorrow. Fingers crossed for a bronze, eh? <laughs> That's it. Go boomers. Finish it off. Finish off the job. And what do you reckon? Just send I reckon send a double team at Doncic all day. <laughs> as soon as he gets the ball, just straight on yeah. him and just send the double. Let Zoran Dragic beat us, but don't let Doncic just throw just throw caution to the wind. That's it. That's the way to go, I reckon, mate. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Sean. Thanks very much. <laughs> all right thanks for thanks for tuning in if you got this far appreciate it and uh like subscribe and and just get around the dickheads podcast so thanks very much